This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Well, I am super excited for this episode of Mud Her Rewriting the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons, because I have this wonderful guest. Lindsay Roselle is my guest today, and she is going to share a lot about herself because her journey has been very inspiring really beautiful. And I know we're going to learn a lot from it, but after being just growing businesses, not just one, but businesses, you know, really succeeding super well in the, in the business area, had children that shifted a lot of things, had uh, quite a time during the pandemic, which has shifted a lot of things. And we get to hear all about that, but mostly I, I want to say even before Lindsay shares. Oh, first of all, well, welcome. I can at least have you say hi. <laughs> thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, I, I love talking about this stuff and it's a beautiful intro. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so business owner, mom stuff, we're going to, you know, relate there, but really I think Lindsay has had, you know, some awesome experiences mothering, you know, beyond children and seeing what it means to mother yourself, particularly the work that she now does with people focused on really going deep inside and working on our inner selves. And that, you know, to me is the most important person we need to mother is ourselves. And this is like the true mothering. So Lindsay's in Colorado and she has a partner and two boys. And so welcome again, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk about it all. Yeah, absolutely. So if you if you wouldn't mind just kind of jumping in and sharing, okay, you know, businesswoman businesses to, you know, now full-time coach, really supporting people on their journeys, supporting women, moms. But I think beyond that, tell us, you know, how, how did this come to be? What's, what's been yeah. happening with you? Yeah. Well, many things. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I like a lot of elder millennials, I'm an elder millennial, as they say, uh, I was pretty conditioned as a child to kind of follow the path into college and then get a job and kind of follow that, that path into the professional world after school, you know? So I, sure. I did that. I was very ambitious as a child, did really well in school. I went to university of California, Berkeley. I, I did really well there, graduated, got recruited by the CIA, which is a whole other conversation, but um, I know, which I'm interested <laughs> in because you say it's a whole other conversation in the episode I listened to. I'm like, where's that conversation? Cause yeah. anyway, I don't mean to take you off track, but it's, <laughs> is very mysterious. Like how do you yeah. get recruited? How do you I, get I think picked? I can talk about it now. Cause it's been like God, 20 years, but, um, yeah. yeah so, so I, I, I moved home to Colorado after college, um, to kind of wait out the, the security clearance process. And in the time that I was home, my dad, of course, was like, you should get a job. You have student loans to pay. You need to, you got to get a car. Like you got to be, you're in the real world now. You can't just like mm -hmm. sit here and wait. So I ended up getting a job at this local um, software company and I knew nothing about what they did. It was in the energy industry, but they, they needed somebody that would 
read contracts and kind of highlight questionable provisions, which they could train me to do. And my dad's an attorney. So uh, I, I kind of got the interview by being like, I'm my dad's an attorney. I know legal language. So I, I get into this corporate world, this software company at age 22. And I immediately get this hit of like, oh, I'm young, I'm motivated. And this is mm. kind of like a stodgy energy, like old dudes club, you know? So mm. I came in young, hot, you know, 22 year old. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the top levels I can get to. And I spent about the next nine, nine, some years really going hard in corporate. And I, I mm. made my way up to a management role. I was making six figures. I was traveling all over the world. And I got to this point in my early thirties. I remember I was standing on top of that famous building in Singapore mm. and it was almost Christmas time. So it was this weird experience to be in Singapore in like late December and it's a hundred degrees and hundred percent humidity, but there's Christmas trees everywhere. And I, I just had this moment where I went, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like this is this is not it for me. And, you know, there's a whole lot of history in my corporate experience that predicated getting to that moment. But it was this first awakening to something feels out of alignment here. And there's no there's no path I see in this what what was now a giant company. We had been acquired a couple of times while I worked there. And I was now working for a company that's got 150,000 employees. Mm. And, you know, I was like, this just isn't it. Uh, and I don't know what is it, but I know that if I stay here, I won't ever figure it out. And I will continue to feel the way I feel right now, which is I'm standing on top of this magnificent building in Singapore. I've been all over the world and I don't feel happy. So I, I came home that Christmas, like that was mid-December of 2013. I I took the last couple of weeks of the year off because I had so much vacation saved up. I just was like, I'll see you in January. And I came back like the day after uh, the first of the year when we, you know, we're all coming back into the office and I re resigned mm. and it, I, I tell the story, like the reaction I got at that moment, and this is all before I was even a mother, but the reaction I got in that moment of stepping away from corporate and this career that I had, you know, I'd grown a lot. I, I was well known. I had a good future quote unquote in the company, you know, I was making good money, a good benefits. And there was like three responses. One was you're crazy. Like, are you, are you okay? You know, people were like shocked. Sure. One was you're stupid, like the judgmental, but what are you thinking? Like what an idiotic thing to do. You're, you've been here for nine years. You've, you've moved your way up. What are you doing? But the one that like stuck with me that still sticks with me are the people who were like, I'm kind of jealous. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, and this was 2014. This was before like quiet quitting was cool or whatever it mm -hmm. is now. But it was just that awakening to when I look around at everybody here, especially the women that were mothers, you know, they're not, nobody seems super happy. Like everybody kind of does the nine to five and they, they work hard, but like a lot of people were in messed up relationships. I was seeing parents that weren't seeing their kids. All, I was hearing all the rumors of the, the weird marriage situations and divorces and, you know, infidelity and all these things. And I'm like, you know, this isn't, this isn't the path I want to be on. So I, I left and I spent, that's really what put me into coaching and consulting. So since 2014, yeah. I've really been doing coaching and consulting different flavors you know, I've had different specialties through the years. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I, in 2016, I got pregnant by surprise. I mean, it's not, I guess, a surprise how it happened, but we were not planning it. Right. Unplanned pregnancy with our first son. And that kind of changed everything. And it, you know, we were only six months, me and my partner were only six months into dating. So that really set off a, a cascade that caught up with us in 2020 around, mm -hmm. like, we really didn't, know each other that well, honestly. And we hadn't had some of the really important conversations that I would now tell people they need to have yes. prior to being parents. 
and you know, we had our first son and it was kind of like, oh, this is cute. We can, we can take him with us places and we can still do our entrepreneurial things. He, my partner's also an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, we can take him to trade shows. We can travel with him. Just having one kid was, was much easier. And mm -hmm. then we had our second son in 2019 and I, I had some postpartum depression after that. And, you know, it was only six months after I had him that the world became the COVID world, which was crazy. And I guess it was like nine months, but, but still, mm -hmm. you know, I was barely coming out of postpartum heading into 2020, like, oh, 2020, it's gonna be this big year. We have 2020 vision. Like all of us had been talking about 2020 for so long. And I had a six month old going into 2020 and I was already feeling this mother load that I talk about where I'm like, I don't know how to do this with two kids. And I don't really yeah. feel like myself and I'm supposed to push hard into 2020. And then three months later, like COVID. So yeah. And then I, I hit rock bottom end of 2020. It closed a couple of businesses. Our team, my partner and I separated for about six months. We really, it was a reckoning and, and that that's mm -hmm. what got me really deep into the inner work. And as I emerged out of that in late 2021 and in, into this year, the inner work has really steered me in this direction of looking at motherhood. And, and as an entrepreneur and looking at all my entrepreneurial friends and even my professional friends, like my best friend's a cardiothoracic surgeon, and she feels this stuff too, where it's, it's like, how am I supposed to chase my ambition and feel happy and fulfilled as an individual when, right. when I also want to be a devoted mother, when I feel so pulled to be with my kids and see them every day and not put them in daycare at 7 a.m. and get them at 6 p.m. and be with them for an hour a day in the morning, an hour a day at night. Like that works for some people. For me, that's not what I want. But also, I also could work 60 hours a week if I, you know, if I could. So, mm -hmm. um, you know how now, to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm very conditioned to do that. And honestly, I really like that feeling. Uh, so now where we stand today, yeah, my, my focus has really shifted into growth and performance coaching for high achieving, high performing mothers, women who have gotten to a level of success, either as a, in their own business or in a professional career of some kind who are not necessarily wanting to take a pause. Like they, they still want to go hard in business. They still want to go hard in work. They're in the prime of their careers and they love their work and they have young kids and they're going, wait a second, how am I supposed to feel like I'm a good mother, a good parent when I'm home, I want to be working. And when I'm working I feel guilty about not being home. And I'm constantly in this like intersection of desire to succeed and devotion to motherhood. So that's now my purpose and what I, I work with. It's still mostly business coaching, mostly like working mm -hmm. with people who, whose frame is like growth in their work. But I always say, you know, I come from a strategy consulting and coaching background. And I always say you, you will, I can never out strategy a lack of inner work. So if you're not willing to go in, inward and look at all the emotions, all the feelings you have about your desire to succeed, your ambition, and how that is in, intertangled with your models of motherhood and your belief systems, yeah. then you'll reach a plateau with your growth in your business or your work. So, well, and it won't be fulfilling and satisfying, but totally so poignant and beautiful, Lindsay. Thank you. And I always love hearing the richness of the story and how you got to, right? Because if you started at the beginning, how did I get to be, you know, doing this when I started out as a recruit for the CIA, right? Yeah. Which seems <laughs> uh, in many ways, very opposite from the focus being on our inner self. I don't know. That's my judgment. I don't. Yeah, no, I mean, that was a, that was 21 year old, you know, save the world, Lindsay, that, that yeah. thought that, and I went to Berkeley. And so I was very, you know, attuned to politics and I have a political science degree. So, mm -hmm. so there's part of that, even to this day where that the allure of like, 
the save the world complex is in me. And I think that that is rooted in the same place as ambition. You know, it's, it's this desire totally. to do something bigger than myself. And it is what pulls at me on the days where I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll just stay home with my kids and like homeschool. And, and I, I also like the like pastoral nostalgia of like buying acreage and having a, a farm and homeschooling. Like, I love how that sounds, but then I, that's equally pulled, like, I'm equally pulled Where's in the that coming like, from? <laughs> yeah, right. let's go save the world, you know, so. Well, and I think the save the world, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm putting kind of the CIA in more of a bucket of a masculine way to save the world. Mm -hmm. Right. For sure. But when you, yeah. when you put it as like, I have this ambition, but it's married with this mothering part that cares and wants things to be different and has intuition and sees that mm, the world doesn't really have to operate in this way. And this imbalance that you're talking about, about how, you know, I think there's a big disconnect around the having it all like, because we get to choose. Right. And I think what, one of the things I'm getting from hearing your story now here is this ability to make the choice, right? And where does that choice coming from, right? And I, I, I venture to guess, and please mm -hmm. correct me, um, that your upbringing was one of, you know, strive, go for it, you know, do your best, like high performer, you know, that didn't come out of nowhere, right? So there's what our families, you know, just wired into us, like this is how you how you do it in the world, right? And you were, you know, very much in line with that. But then there's these kind of pivotal times or these, uh, you know, really poignant moments in your life where it caused you to question, right? Like, yes, yeah. there's some underlying beautiful things about that choice, but wow, is it really my choice? And, and well, and if it was great based on what I knew then, but I'm someone different now, now I've had life experience. Now I've had, you know, all these things happen in my life that are causing me to feel different and to think differently. And so if we could go into that a little bit more, when you talk about like doing this inner work and, and you name some of the, the pivotal pieces that obviously we could see like, yeah, there's good work to do there yeah. <laughs> around that and, and bring it to focus and bring it to light. But if, if you are willing to like share some examples of some things that, you know, you worked through specifically for yourself that allowed you to make these different choices, you know, that yeah. allowed you to go bypass the, like, you're crazy. And, you know, you're making so much money and, you know, all those things that, that, you know, we're, we were hearing from the outside, but we also kind of believe in the inside at some level. Yeah. But there was enough of something else that was going on that, that caused you to shift that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you nailed it. Like I was raised by, I would say, you know, my dad is the person that I credit with the ambition. He himself is, is ambitious and, and always is to this day, you know, he's retired mm -hmm. now, but he's always thinking of some new business idea. I'm like, dad, you're retired. Just enjoy your life. You boomer, you know, but he, he's the one who really helped teach me to, and, and my sister too, that, you know, we could do more than what the system necessarily showed us, you know, mm -hmm. that to, to think laterally, like, all these terms that I now are like really common in, in how parenting, like how we're educated about being like good parents, like growth mindset and all that. He was doing that in the eighties. You know, he, I don't know how he figured it out. That would be an interesting question for me to ask him, but mm -hmm. you know, he was, he was reading out loud to us, you know, all the way till we were tweens and he was mm. very much growth mindset. He was incredibly oriented towards ideas and and reading and writing like we I, we had horses as kids and before they would my dad and mom would buy me 
my first horse, I had to write an essay. I had to do a horseless horse project in 4-H, which took a year. So he made me do a whole year of 4-H with no horse, but I had to just do the project as though I owned a horse. Mm. And then um, I had to write an essay. It was like the end of my horseless horse project to tell my parents what I had learned and, you know, what I knew was going to be required of me if they purchased a horse for me and what my commitment, you know, like what I was committing to as a horse owner, uh, which, uh, you know, that. now as a parent, I'm like, Jesus, you're like, God, you know, where, how that's where so did you much. Get that? yeah. I know, I'm like, it's a lot to ask <laughs> of a 10 year old, but uh, you know, also it, but he knew you were capable and he's, right, you he know, allowed you to stretch. And, yep. Yeah. And it, and it really did drive home the message of this isn't something that we willy nilly commit to. And then you give up on in six months. This is a, you know, buying horses, having horses, especially then, you know, is just as expensive as they are today in, in, in terms of the ratio to, to the income level my parents had at the time. Um, mm. you know, so he really wanted to vet my, my authentic desire to have them and my commitment to them. And I think those are the kind of examples where as then into my teenage years and even my twenties, it is the wiring around like it, once you do something, you have to do it really well. You have to mm -hmm. be the best at it. You have to be committed to it. And, and of course I have the shadow of that. I'm an Enneagram three. So I like have the shadow of if I'm not good at something or I do burn out on something, I just kind of like drop it and walk away. So all of that is to say though, that I, I definitely was wired from childhood to be in this high performing mindset. And, mm -hmm. you know, as my, my parents got divorced when I was 12 or I think I was 12 when they were getting divorced. And I, I remember as the, the stuff intensified in their marriage prior to divorce, I remember in those years using my academic achievements, because of course I was a great student. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm assuming you're the oldest of the two. I am the, the oldest. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah but I remember my dad coming home and I would be like, look at, you know, I, I got an A on this mm. test or look at what they said about my essay I wrote at school or like, I finished this book in one day. Like, you know, the, uh, the achievements as a way of distracting or kind of mediating yeah. conflict between my parents. And so there's definitely a shadow to all of that, that started to come out, you know, mm -hmm. as I got into my own relationship issues, but, but yeah, I mean, it, for me, it was the real turning point in, in looking at inner work and needing needing to really understand some of these patterns and where all this stuff comes from in your wiring was, was becoming a mother and starting to feel in those first few years of, of having mm -hmm. Sawyer, my oldest. And then we added Wesley in 2019, you know, having two sons started to really feel a lot of the, the wiring start to show up, like mixed in with like hormones and overwhelm and partnership questions around whose, whose responsibility is it to, to yeah. do all the household tasks and all these questions that we had never talked about because we'd only been together for about six months. So as those things started to creep in, I, I started to look at, well, to be honest, I didn't really look at my past. I really was very, I had done some therapy in my twenties mm -hmm. to work on some stuff with my parents, but, um, I had never really looked deeply into myself at what was really living below <laughs> inside. And it really took hitting that rock bottom point in 2020 for, for me to sit down. And I, the, the first day after RT left and, and I kind of had to face what was the reality. Now I wrote a list, you know, and, and it was like everything that he had brought up and in, in like our big blow up conversation and all the things that I knew were true about me that I hadn't wanted to look at. Mm. And some of those things, you know, it took me months and months and months of, of daily journaling, daily reading, daily meditation to get to the root of what that was. Cause a lot of what I wrote out in my initial inner work was, was symptoms, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, 
how I treat people, how I handle money, how I, you know, passive aggressive behaviors in the relationship, all these things. And all of that was rooted in a, you know, a couple core things really, really deeply in there that took a long time to get to. And frankly, that yeah. I, I still am unwi unwiring and repatterning. Probably will be. Yeah. Because when this stuff is put into you as a child, which, you know, we're all, we all have, it doesn't, you can't yep. just cure your, it's not about curing it and, no. and totally removing it from your wiring. It's about understanding that it's there and building new, new ways around it. You know, like, Hey, I know if I go down this highway, there's a huge pothole. So I need to right. go, you know, before I get <laughs> we to need that detours. Yeah. Yeah. before I get to that point in the road, I need to detour off in a new direction. And then I'll come back yeah. onto that behavior pattern at, in a new way, a couple exits down, but I, I have to avoid this old way of being and reacting. And, and so that's what I've done is with the inner work is really looking at, okay, I know that I have triggers. I know that I have patterns and the more that I understand them and, and know, and acknowledge them and become comfortable being uncomfortable mm -hmm. with them, the more power that I take in behaving in new ways going forward. So that's, yeah. that's kind of the overview of the inner work. And then there's just so much, you know, we so can many talk details. So yeah, yeah, we might get into some of those, but I want to lots of like bubbling to the surface or with what you're sharing, but one in particular, you know, you had this, I'm going to call it training or, you know, wiring around ambition. Right. But part of the, I think the, one of the real positive sides of ambition is you get that things aren't an easy fit. You don't just get that pot of gold without working for it. Right. And your parents were wiring that in like, Hey, you don't just get this horse. You don't get this prize without effort. Right. And now as you're describing, you know, going into your personal work and, and the interior work, same thing. Right. But you have what I love hearing is you get that, right? Like some people that <laughs> that's some of the biggest battle is to really get past. And we all have the desire to just fix it quickly. And, you know, you, you have this realization. It's like, okay, I had the realization. Now I should just have a new behavior and, and know better and do it. And it's like, nope, you got to practice that new behavior over and over again and, and keep bringing things up to the surface and understand that that's part of the beauty of this work is that it doesn't end and that you're never fixed. And yeah. that doesn't go so well in our culture that just, you know, wants to, okay, like, you know, I love meditation. I love mindfulness, but it's not going to fix it. Right. Like it's, it's always going to be a whole combination of things, but it is always going to entail getting down in there. Like you've mentioned, you know, this shadow side, but into the mess of it and the muck and the dirt and the, you know, and it's not always pretty. And we have to see ourselves, you know, not in this just positive light that maybe we have, but that, that work is beautiful. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. it, there's, if we could just learn to not shy away from it or feel like, oh, it's just be so much easier. And I'm not saying this as like an anti-drug thing, but it's, we just want that. And then we don't want to think about it. Right. It's right. no, sometimes we need, you know, things to help us through something, but it's so that we have the strength to build those skills and do that. Not so that we then depend on some external force to do it for us. And I yeah. think you're you know, a sharing and expressing, I just want to really underline that aspect of it because it's so important. And then you're doing this and you have these two boys now, and that's what you're modeling from them. Like, you know, you get yeah. to take kind of what was positive from your parents modeling around the really, what I would say is, you know, some great training and critical thinking, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't just treat everything passively. And yeah, it doesn't mean you might just get an unexpected gift sometime, but 
that's, you know, along the lines with like these bigger things and the, these desires and having you really think about them and make the choice. Do I want to take on this responsibility, you know, with having a horse? Cause that's a lot. Right. And, uh, I, I kind of wish I had your, yeah your dad's mentality when we got a dog, when of course our kids said that they would take care of it, but we didn't exactly instill and like yep. really make yep. it real. Right. Um, yeah. So definitely one of the things that, you know, we said we would do, but we didn't as parents. So I, I really want to like, you know, well, congratulate you, but underline and underline, like, you know, how this wiring, but, and that we get to choose and you've now have this new vision for yourself and you're, you know, digging in with that in a way that supports you, which then trickles down to like supporting your, your relationship with your partner and then to your boys. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that priority is another thing that I'm imagining as part of the work you you're doing with, you know, the high performing women is because we have that proclivity to take care of everyone else, you know, the career, the kids, the husband or partner, or, you know, committees volunteering, you know, we'll just keep adding them on yeah. and then put ourselves lower, lower on the list. But I'm assuming, and what I'm totally getting from you is like, nope, that's not the way to go. I have to, I yeah. have to put myself as that priority. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, 
www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Yeah, I mean, that that's a lesson I learned through going through rock bottom. You know, like I, when I look back at who I was in those years of, of yeah. initially becoming a mother and running businesses and, you know, the businesses I had at the time when I became a mother were, I mean, guess still are coaching and consulting businesses where I, if I don't work, there's no money. Like it's a mm-hmm. personal brand where enough where it was dollars for hours, you know, and I'm, I'm working sure. my way out of that model now with my new stuff, but but that's a, for a lot of us, that's really the world we live in, especially if you're entrepreneurial is, you know, there is no paid leave. It's, if you aren't mm-hmm. working uh, in some capacity, then the business most likely suffers to some extent greatly. You know, if, if it's you billing hours, it's going to suffer greatly. If, if you have a team and they can kind of keep selling stuff without you, then that's less. But most entrepreneurial women I know when they have a baby and they have to step away, the business suffers. That's just what we that's that's part of what we're managing. And so I, I was managing that too when I had my first son and and still when I had my second son. And when I looked back at those those years leading up to everything that kind of fell apart in 2020, it was like, wow, I, even though I would have never admitted this, I put mm-hmm. uh, my order prioritization was businesses first. So if work needed me, it was work that got the attention, then the kids and then my partner and then me. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, business was so demanding, especially in 2020 with everything that happened. And I had multiple mm. brick and mortar businesses. So as things got worse in 2020 and we were mandated to close and those mandates stuck around and there was, you know, the funding from the SBA and all these things didn't come for a long Fair time. Enough, we, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. And I ended up closing two brick and mortar businesses that I owned here in Northern Colorado to the cost of multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? And so I, the businesses were so demanding. And then I had young kids, so they were so demanding. <laughs> and and that was about it that I could handle. And I didn't yeah. really handle either of them well because I was at the bottom of that list. And so my relationship got very little of my you know, attention and very little of like the best of me. And then I got, I was at the bottom of my own list. So I was not taking care of myself. I felt like shit in my body. I was, I, you know, really struggling to lose the baby weight, which mm. wasn't about body image, but more about just not feeling how you felt. Yeah. Yeah. Not sleeping while all these things. Our our youngest son didn't sleep through the night till he was almost 18 months old. So like, I mean, he still is up at 5 a.m. every day. But and and through the work that I so so I had that realization, like I have put myself at the bottom of my list. I would never admit that because I teach women about oh, one of my totally. businesses was all about like well-being and stuff. And I'm a yoga teacher. I've taught yoga for like 15 years. And I still wasn't realizing that I was at the bottom of my list. So one of the things I intentionally did in, I, 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 I say I, I went into this cocoon, like, you know, RT, RT and I separated, he moved out. I, so the end of 2020 and, uh, you know, halfway into 2021, I was basically a solo parent. I had this big house and two kids and and no partner with living with me. Um, and so when they went to bed at night, you know, and before they woke up in the morning, I was alone. And so I had a lot of time to really figure out and answer the questions, not only like what happened and, and mm-hmm. looking backwards, but, but going, okay, what's happening now? And what do I want moving forward? Yeah. And that that's where I started to realize like, 
okay, I can't repair my relationship. I can't be a better mother. I can't show up in the businesses the way I want to if I'm not well, if I'm not well. And I have not been well, like me being at the bottom of the list for so many years, uh, I'm so depleted. Took a toll. I'm so, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm just resentful. I have a lot of, you know, anger and resentment around just a lot of like mostly towards myself, honestly, but just a lot of things that had happened where it was because I was so depleted and I was so overlooked by myself that of course I'm outwardly projecting not a great experience, you know, with myself, with me, to mm -hmm. my employees and to my friends and stuff. So in 2021 and, and in rebuilding, I drew a, a line in the sand and I said, I am at the top of my list. I am going to prioritize myself above all of those other things. Not that I'm more important than my kids or that I'm more important than my partner in terms of ego, but if I'm not doing what I need to, to be well with myself, my kids are going to get a shitty version of me. And that's not going to like, that does not serve them. My partner yep. is going to get a, a shitty version of me. That does not serve him. The businesses are going to get a shitty version of me. So I, now I'm at the top of my list. And that means, you know, I take Tuesdays off and I go up to our cabin in the mountains and I'm by myself alone in nature. And I don't have meetings, even though I feel that like, yesterday I was there and the I'm like, I, I have 90 emails I should be answering, but I'm not here to do that today. So I, I, I love you know, that. I, I prioritize alone time. I have a weekly massage. I, you know, I have a personal trainer. I, I prioritize and we prioritize it in our budget, but I prioritize in my time, those yeah. things that I need for myself, that a older version of a previous version of me would have been like, Oh no, like you don't need a personal trainers. Go to the gym. You don't need, right. You, you know, know how to do it. Right. You know I how to do these been, things. And, and then it's just the second, not the same. Yep. It's not. And and I really, so, you know, I reversed the whole order of that list. So it's me first and I've got to take care of myself, make sure I'm good. Then it's my partnership because if, if he and I are not good and we are a system and I yeah. saw what happened when he and I were not good and he left and I took on even more mental load and even more stress because now I've got the whole angst of, of like, I love this person and our relationship is failing. What do we do? Like that's added, added, you know, discord in the, system that we don't need. And so he Absolutely. and I have to be good or nothing else is good. And then it's the kids because ultimately, you know, if, if something's wrong with the kids, the business is not going to get the the best of me. So I've got to prioritize the kids above the businesses. And, and, mm -hmm. and I made the conscious decision and all my clients know this is that on a day where somebody is sick or the school is closed or my nanny calls out, or I have a lot of childcare, but it still is an imperfect system. Right. So it's yeah. like, on the days where my kids need me for whatever reason, I don't take calls or I will move your podcast interview or I will move your coaching call. And that's just something, you know, working with me or being yeah. on my podcast because it that's what's more important to me. And then the businesses are the last thing. And and my whole kind of spiel and teaching this is like, you got to be good with you. You got to have a solid partnership. You got to be good with your kids because those are the things that if those feel out of alignment and they are on your mind and they are distracting you. It does not matter what's going on in the business. You will not do well. Like, no, it's so hard to it's show, gonna up. show up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be in congruence with what you want to create in your business or in your career. If you're super distracted by stuff in your relationship, stuff with your kids or stuff in your own body and mind, you know? So, so that's the biggest lesson I learned was really confronting the fact that I had to reprioritize yeah. the complete opposite of what Reverse I had always the order. done. Yeah. No, I, I, Lindsay, I so love that. And I love that you're training other women, you know, to do that. And, uh, as you keep doing it yourself and understand that that's, you know, that is 
simple and we all know it. We all hear the put your oxygen mask on first and that it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. it's so wired in us, you know, generationally, this is like thousands of years of wiring oh, it for yeah. women to dismiss themselves, not see themselves as important, you know, that everybody else is important. Your job there is to just pump out those kids and, you know, take care of them and who cares about you. Right. And that shows up has been showing up and at least, you know, we're calling it to consciousness, but this work that, you know, you do, I do, you know, we do in shifting that paradigm is so yeah. important. And it's just it's showing up so big, you know, in our world, because like you said, like I'm, you know, my energy isn't going to be good, you know, for the things that my kids, my partner, well, yeah, because I'm building up resentment. Right. But I, yeah. I'm wired that I'm not supposed to, and this is, you yeah. know, supposed to be how it works, but inside there and unconsciously, like I'm resenting the heck out of it, you know, and, yeah. and they're feeling it. Right. So yeah. then, and that leaks out in so many different ways and yeah, you know, will will our kids demand our, as much of our attention as we're willing to give them? Of course. Like they're not, you know, that's their job, right? Right. <laughs> they're right. they're going to yeah. seek that out. And it's my job to set those parameters. And I think, you know, what you're pointing to is when we do that, then we actually have the capacity to be present with them, to actually be with them, not, you know, with all these worries in between. And just like, you know, oh, I take that time for myself and I'm every now and then, you know, I'm thinking oh, I should be answering those emails, but you're, you're there and you're that it isn't just a one-time choice. You're making that choice moment to moment, you know, and that yeah. I can then actually have space and time. And, and the whole time thing is so, I think we get so caught up in it, like how much it's, you know, how present are we, you know, with the people that we're with, but starting with myself. And if I can't go spend a day by myself, you know, at the cabin and, and be with me, then I'm not going to be able to be with anybody else. And so I yeah. I'm just starting, you know, to a practice of set loan time, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's a weekend, a day, a part of a day, and I'm shocked at how hard it is. Like I, you know, like you like thought I was kind of doing it and thought I gave myself some, you know, some pretty good self-care, but when it comes yeah. to really putting all that aside and just being with me and my pleasure, my desires in whatever that is in the moment, and it doesn't have to be productive and it doesn't have to mean anything. It's just is right. I'm just right. being, and you know, and I also love that, you know, you're putting a value on that and yeah, you know, and so your window in might be a bulk of the support might be helping a woman grow her business or be in her corporate environment, but you know, and it's going to be, and I love your commitment to, well, that I'm not your coach if that's all you want to do. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, yeah, I, not just, is it not going to work? I, I don't feel good doing it. And I'm not in integrity with myself right. and, and yeah. what I'm working on. So I'm underlining those points to, to say now, are there, you know, as we're talking about that it, it's a lot of ongoing work and all of that, but are there any particular things that when you first start working with a, a woman or a person that, um, kind of get the ball rolling or, you know, they can grab onto because usually high performing women need something to do, yeah. you know, to feel like, you know, they're, they're making some movement. So I know I have to start with not just 
your feelings and (laughs) get into that stuff. So if you have some, some things you could share in that way, that would be great. Kind of two points there. I mean, one is kind of in on specific to how I, I encourage an inner work practice to begin is an exploration of core values. Mm. And if you're like me and you've had a million coaches and million masterminds in your self-help, you know, glutton, like I I've read everything. I know all the the leaders. I follow every Instagram influencer who pro- proclaims to be a thought leader in this space. Everyone talks about core values. It's, it's shouldn't be something that's new to you. If it is cool, I'm happy to introduce you to it. Mm-hmm. If it's something where you're like, yeah, yeah, I know my values, like, which is what I would have said to you a couple of years ago. I would have been like, yeah, I've done that like 14 times. I know what my core values are, but they were not authentic to me. They were yeah. values that were very much externally validated, right? Oh, they were the ones point. that I thought yep. that I thought people would expect me to say. They were the ones I my ego wanted me to be associated with, like community and abundance and things like that. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. You know, like it was stuff that's like, what does that actually mean to you, Lindsay? Like, how are you actually living that out in your life? And so when I when I did my core values again in this time in this like cocooning period where I really went inward and I didn't, I didn't leave my house much. And I just, it was winter. And I I went through this like wintering period and Mm. I redid my core values. And you know, my, my number one core value is warmth. Like I, Mm. I don't embody warmth. I want to, I want to be a warm person. Everyone that Mm. I love, who I think is just an incredible human, I would describe them as warm. You know, like they smile at you. They're genuine. You can feel their life force when you get close to them. They're super authentic. They don't bullshit you, but they also aren't full of, you know, they're also not full of fluff. Like they're just real transparent humans. And that makes people a leader that makes them magnetic. Like I want to cultivate warmth. And since, since then, like that is my number one core value. And it's all about like, it's a way of, it's a character that trait that I want to have. And I do want that to be externally validated. I want people to be like, yeah, you are like a super warm human. And it's a measure inward. A core value is also a way of checking yourself internally to say, is this decision, this behavior, this reaction, whatever in alignment with my core values? It, mm-hmm. Do I feel like the way I just responded to that thing or the way I'm operating my business or the way my relationship is going with me right now, or these friendships or my family, am I showing up as the warm, like in the warmth that I want to embody in my life. So for me, core values is a place to start for everyone because it's, and it has to be this like radical, authentic, honest conversation with yourself. And, and I am really good as a coach at making you do that. Cause I'm, I have a pretty good barometer for people are like, you know, abundance and community. What does that mean actually? Right. Right. How does community show up in your life? And are you making decisions every day where you measure your decision-making against your core values. So I, that's where I start. And then a lot of my, when I work with mothers, which is really the direction I've gone in now, high-performing mothers, we do an audit. And I, I have a, a podcast called Motherload and uh, the Motherload company is, is launching next month. And, and we will do these audits. Like we're, we're launching like a whole home edit for the, your mental load service where we can come in and basically consult your life back into balance to nice. some extent where we look at all these buckets, but I have a breakdown of the mental load of the, of the mother. And I work through an audit with you because I think for a lot of the women I've worked with over the years, we'll have this conversation. We're talking about business. This is an actual example. You know, we're talking about business and marketing strategy. And she casually is like, yeah, I'm like, oh God, I have to go. It's date night. Like I haven't had sex with my husband in eight months. He's probably going to want to have sex tonight. And I'm like, what? Wait, excuse me, like we're having a conversation about marketing and we're trying to work on the strategy of your business. And then you just casually let it, let it fly. 
that you haven't had sex with your husband in eight months and you're like, you, you know, annoyed that you have to go get ready for date night. And, and I'm just like, okay, this has to be on you. Like this has to be weighing on you, you know? And I, I can draw a link between your, your marriage must, something must be going on in the marriage if you haven't had sex in eight months. And like, here we are struggling with some stuff in your business. Uh, to yeah. me, it's pretty obvious that those two things are at least tangentially related, yep. right? Absolutely. So now d- these days with mothers, I'm like, I'm, I'm not willing to just talk about your business or talk about your career without a conversation about everything else that's on your mind first. Because if I'm going to give you a bunch of strategy, I want to know that you're going to be able to execute it without your mind, like mine has done forever, you know, for so many years before I figured this out. Like I make excuses immediately about why I won't be able to implement the strategy because X, Y, Z thing in parenting, X, Y, Z thing in relationship, X, Y, Z thing in my body, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's nice, Lindsay. Cool strategy. I won't be able to do that because I don't have enough childcare. I won't be able to do that because my partner doesn't support me. I won't be able to do that because I feel like shit and I'm tired by 2 p.m. every day. And so now when I start working with women, we start with an audit and it's parenting, which I separate parenting from motherhood. Like motherhood is an identity. It's a relationship to being, to having children parenting is a job that you do as part of being a mother. (laughs) And there's people that are mothers that are not parents. And there are people that are parents that are not mothers, right? So parenting and everything around raising children is a whole mental load bucket that we have to audit and look at what is working, what's not. Then I go into relationships, like give me every important relationship in your life. And on a scale of one to 10, (laughs) where are we at? What's going on? And then we look at your work or your business and your career, whatever. And we look at what feels good and what doesn't. Then we look at your body and your health and your personal well-being on on spiritual, mental, physical, all these different areas and say, what's working, what's not, what feels good and what doesn't. And then uh, I have a purpose and a meaning bucket because to me, a lot of where I got tripped up and where I see other women get tripped up is like, we're so day-to-day tactical that we aren't really sure of where we're going mm-hmm. and we're just kind of letting things unfold. And in and, and some, and some segments of motherhood, that's that's survival mode. We have to just kind of let that happen. But to me, it's like we live in 2022, you know, we live in this crazy time where there's so much opportunity, so much potential, and there's some stuff that's scary too. And and that's feels daunting. So when we look at purpose and meaning, it's like, okay, what's your vision? Like, what do you want to create? What's this legacy question for you? And what about the world scares you right now? Like, what are you consumed by, overwhelmed by, concerned about things that aren't really in any of the other buckets, but are like these existential questions that a lot of us have around what's happening in our culture and what's happening in the greater geopolitical climate that threaten us, you know, that feel as a mother, like primally threatening, totally. but aren't, aren't things that we would necessarily like speak out loud. And, but right. I, I, I do or ask, think are impacting us. We yeah, don't think I'm they're like, impacting us. Yeah. You know, I, I go down the, the doom scroll of, you know, what happens if Putin drops a nuclear bomb on the Ukraine, like, you you for sure know that there is going to be a ripple effect that affects how we mother our children period so to me it's like i don't i don't spend a lot of time worrying about putin dropping nuclear bombs like that is not my job but it's a real thing that's happening in our in our news cycle and it can be one of those like intrusive thoughts that takes us offline and then we yep. can't get the email written in our business we can't get the the presentation done for our boss. Like, you know, like there's, there's lines you can draw between what's going on in all these mental load buckets and how we perform as ourselves in our role as ambitious woman or great mother or, you know, committed partner, whatever. So to me, it's those two, those are the places to start. If you work with me, we go through, we go hard into core values and I will have a very real honest conversation with you about your core values because they are the barometer for all other things. 
And, and they are also heavily influenced by what we already talked about your, your belief systems, your wiring, you know, like yep. what you think people expect of you, but versus what you really feel and want. And then we go through a mother load audit, looking at, you know, everything that's on your mind and even the unspoken things, you know, like my client who said she hadn't had sex with her husband in months and months, you know, I'm like, she would, most people would never tell their business coach that. Right. But I'm or not think going, it's relevant. Yeah. Right. And because we're in the buckets. Right. Right. But, it, but when we my... start to look at all the stuff that and this is from my own experience, you know, like one of the Absolutely. reasons I was failing as a leader in my business in 2019 and 2020 was because my relationship was starting to deteriorate. And I was so distracted by that, that it was really hard for me to muster like magnetic leader energy in my business. And, and I, now that my relationship's in a great place, I'm like, I don't, I I'm so solid in my relationship. I don't question anything about it throughout the day-to-day world. Mm-hmm. And so that is not something distracting me. It is not something pulling energy out of me and my life force. So I'm able to then give that energy to you and That's to my great. clients. Absolutely. So those are the two like fundamental places to start. I would say. Well, those are beautiful and big places to start. Right. And I love how you outlined, you know, the whole, cause it is all of those things. It's not, you know, I don't just stop it. Like, okay, now I have my core values and now I know what to do. Right. And how to live them. And then it's like, we get that, which, and I love you underlining how important and, you know, particularly that it isn't something, you know, your core value might not be something that you're innately good at right now, you know, or that you, but you realize through that process, you're talking about how much you value it. And, and then that informs, you know, our current goals and purpose it's, you know, and, and ways to, so I I love that part of it and the whole journey, right. And getting that, like this, this is the journey. This isn't like, okay, now I'll do this. And then I'll remember like even this process you're talking about, isn't then, then you're living it and it's evolving. Then you're, you know, continuing to explore and it's going to bring stuff up. And I think, you know, one of the, I'm going to call it more maybe feminine values. And a lot of what we've been talking about, even though we haven't explicitly been saying it is what I think is this beautiful harmony of masculine, uh, yang and feminine yin, you know, ways of being, and, you know, the ambition, you know, married with the warmth and, you know, how any, anytime we're trying to be in either side, all the time isn't going to work. Right. Right. So I think that aspect is, you know, one that I really want to underline from what you're saying, because it's it, but that there are frameworks and there are processes and we don't have to know how to do it. We shouldn't feel bad that we don't know how to do it. Right. And, you know, that's, that's similarly, you know, what got me on, you know, all of this with rewriting the mother code, I was actually coaching and training moms and women, um, while I was raising my kids, but I hit a point where, I stopped doing that work on myself and then years went by and then, Oh my God, I look back and yeah, I have some regret and remorse about that. And I can honor and now, you know, look at and, and deal with like, what was that stopping point? Right. Cause there's, that's a treasure to unpack, not just something to feel bad about. Like, Oh, I failed. Um, no. And now I can like you, it's like, and I want to share it with like lots of people and, and do all that. So speaking of that, I would love to, I know you named that you have a podcast, but if you could let some of the specifics, and then I have one more closing question. So where, yeah. how can people find you? Yeah. I, I just want to touch on one thing briefly to what you just said, which is yeah. 
thinking of the discovery of these things inside of you as, as treasures is really the way to approach it. I think mm -hmm. for a long time, I thought if I got, I got into therapy, I did this work that what I would discover would be so ugly yeah. or so hard that I wouldn't want, like, I didn't want to know bad things about myself. I only want to know good things about myself. And I just want to like, yeah. go be awesome, you know, like very, very wired to look good and not take negative feedback. Totally. And one of, one of the greatest gifts that I've learned through this process. And I, you know, now in 2022, I've, I've done a lot of work with plant medicine and part of these like deeper journeys that you go on where you unlock things in your subconscious mind. Like we come out of these experiences, whether it's plant medicine or it's inner work and you're, you, you have this epiphany about yourself and you're like, Oh my God, that's where that came from. Like, yes. that's why I do that. That is that I just connected dots from something I saw my mom do or heard her say, or my dad as a child, which they got from their parents, you know, and that's me acting that out. And then like, once you, so it might feel like it's caused some, some strife in your life, mm -hmm. but once you unlock it and you figure it out, like that nugget is a treasure. It's like, holy cow, you've just unlocked totally. something in your identity and your way of being a human in this world that from every day going forward, you now have a choice to do differently that is power. Like that is yeah. ultimate embodiment of your one life, you know? So to me, what you said, you, you, you briefly said it, but I wanted to drive that. Point oh, absolutely. Home. Like, I know we not, can't say it. We can't drive that point home stuff. enough. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, is, there's yeah, no. so much, yeah, there's so much support for people. Uh, if you find the right communities and the right people mm -hmm. having those discoveries about yourself, you will have a place to land where you can come to and be like, this is incredibly emotional for me to say out loud that this is who I am and that there's part of that this ugly thing exists inside of me, but now I see it and I want to change yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to make sure that I touched on that. And, you know, of totally. course, yes, people can, um, I talk Find a lot you. about all of this. Yes. <laughs> this is my work. Uh, my podcast is called mother load, the mental load of the mother. So mother load, right. uh, we explore all these themes around following your ambition, but also wanting to be a devoted mother and and how that feels on a day-to-day -day basis. And then I have the Motherload Company, which uh, is the growth of my consulting and coaching business to try to make it a little bigger than me. Uh, so you can still work with me one-on-one -on -one, and we've got a couple of different programs uh, that you have access to me. Uh, and then we're launching some services, like I mentioned, kind of like I casually call it the home edit for your mental load. So uh, that'll be coming in the new year, but it's basically a done for you way of us coming in and helping if you're if you're super high performing stressed out in your life and we'll we'll do this audit and we'll look at okay what do you need in your home like do you need house managers do you need nannies we'll help you hire them and manage them like do you need personal trainers and gyms like do you need daycare like it, because a lot of the women I've worked with are so paralyzed in those questions that those because those distract them so much they can't focus on their career yeah. or their work so um a done for you high level service in that arena is coming too so um, Wonderful. watch for that. And the best way to get in touch with me is Instagram. That's where I spend the most time. So it's just yeah. at Lindsay Roselle or at motherload uh, dot, uh, dot pod for the podcast and motherload.co for the company. Wonderful. Well, I'm thrilled. So closing question that I always ask, yeah. because I always love the answer, even though it's actually what we've been talking about the whole time is what does rewriting the mother code mean to you? Uh, for me, to, to me, it means really the separation between understanding that there is a separation between being a mother and being a parent and that when your identity shifts into mother there's so many other aspects for you that have that you have the opportunity to to look at and rewire and 
you know, as you rebuild your identity, now that motherhood is a part of it, you have an opportunity to go a different way uh, or do more of the same if it's working for you. And where I think a lot of us fall down is that we, we get conditioned to believe that motherhood is parenting and that it's all about kids and that it is the identity associated with raising your children. And to me, that leaves a lot out of the experience of the mother that then gets erased from, from our experience as humans. So rewiring mother code is in my mind, really in your life, looking at how do you separate, what does it mean to be a mother in your identity? And what does it mean to be a parent? I love that. I love that answer. And yeah. And when you said that about, I, I love making that distinction and Alison Gopnik, I don't know if you ever uh, saw her book because you, you read a lot, the carpenter and the gardener, it, it could mm. be the gardener and the carpenter. I sometimes confuse those. Anyway, she does this phenomenal intro. It's really about kind of child development in some aspects, but in the beginning, you know, just plainly puts out, you know, parenting is a paradigm we've come up with. That word didn't even exist until like the 1950s. You know, it wasn't, it had never before that time been considered a job, right? So we wonder why we don't know how to do this thing that never even existed, you know, as a, as a way of being and how we get so confused then on uh, what it really is and what it means. So, you know, you making this distinction, I think is a big part of it and super important. Well, this has been such a pleasure. I'm thrilled and I, I could keep going, but yeah. we won't for now because people can hear more, the from hour. You, more from me. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.